I'm Julie Adams, and I am looking forward to talking about my new autobiography entitled A Lucky Southern Star, Reflections from the Black Lagoons. And I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. All right, welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 203 of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as remakes, sequels, upcoming movies, TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with someone from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, I am so excited about our guest. We have Julie Adams, who back in the 50s was the star of The Creature from the Black Lagoon. She was the girl who got you know swept up by the the creature and uh it, it, i can remember seeing that film when i was young in 3d and also you know uh, just watching it and getting scared and all that sort of stuff if you get a chance check that movie out it's a classic film it's a classic sci-fi film and uh, it's, it really holds up. It's a great film, so check that out. Julie is going to be with us. She has a book out that's called The Lucky Southern Star, Reflections from the Black Lagoon. And uh, Julie, along with her son, Mitch, uh, wrote the book. And uh, they are both going to be here on the show, so we're going to be talking with them in just a few minutes. She is going to talk about her career, and she is much more than the creature from the Black Lagoon film. She has done uh, everything from uh, working with Elvis in uh, Tickle Me, and she also worked with Andy Griffith and Jimmy Stewart and uh, Raymond Burr, and it just goes on and on and on. She's got some great stories to share with us, so stick around. It's coming up in just a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. It is that time of the month once again when we take a peek at what's coming your way as far as the next month. So March, we're going to look at what's coming your way as far as uh, theater releases and DVD and movie releases, all coming your way in March. A wrap-up of that. And if you are on Facebook, like us. If you are on iTunes, leave a review. And if you want to send us a suggestion for a guest or just want to chat with us, send it to feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. So we'd love to hear from you. If you get a chance and you're going to be buying something uh, on any of our sponsors, just click and go there through our site, and uh, it'll help support our show. So we can get uh, more interviews for you and uh, get around and get some more great interviews to come your way. So we appreciate that. All right, what do you say? It's uh, that time to look at what's coming away as far as March releases. And are there any remakes coming away in March? We'll tell you in just a second, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please remake and try again. Coming your way in theaters on March as far as remake madness, well, Dr. Seuss's The Lorax comes to theaters on March 2nd with the voice talents of Danny DeVito, Zac Efron, Betty White, and Taylor Swift. And also a remake of the TV show 21 Jump Street hits theaters on March 16th. And look for Julia Roberts as the evil queen in the retelling of the Snow White story. It's called Mirror Mirror, and it hits theaters on March 30th. And John Cotter of Mars, uh, that's the stories written by Edward Rice Burroughs. And uh, it's going to be coming to the big screen on March 9th. That is it for Remake Madness coming away in theaters in March and coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming movies coming your way in March. Upcoming movies coming your way in March. Well, in theaters, it looks like Tim and Eric's billion-dollar movie hits theaters on March 2nd. Robert Pattinson, Christina Ricci, and Uma Thurman star in Bella Me on March 2nd. And also on March 2nd, looks for Being Flynn with Robert De Niro and Julianne Moore. And look for Eddie Murphy in A Thousand Words on March 9th. And the horror film Silent House with Elizabeth Olsen arrives on March 9th also. And Emily Blunt and Ian McGregor uh, headline Salmon Fishing in the Yemen on March 9th. Also on March 9th, Friends with Kids is in theaters. And then on March 16th, Butter tells the story of butter carving in the heartland. 
That sounds like a weird one. And that stars Olivia Wilde, Jennifer Gardner, and Hugh Jackman. And on March 16th, also, Jason Siegel stars in Jeff, Who Lives at Home. March 23rd, The Hunger Games comes to theaters with a futuristic tale. And Clive Owen stars in Intruder, a horror thriller, on March 30th. That is it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we take a peek at Sequel City coming your way in March. Right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City in March. Well, it looks like there's only one sequel coming your way in March. Wrath of the Titans continues Clash of the Titans on March 30th. That's it for Sequel City coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. What's coming your way on DVD for TV right here on On Screen and Beyond. TV on DVD coming your way in March. Well, it looks like March 6th you can get Game of Thrones on that season one, Cimarron City, the complete series, and Tennessee Tuxedo and His Tales, the complete collection. March 13th, Breakout Kings, season one, Neverland, the miniseries. Snapped, season three, and Xena Warrior Princess, season three. March 20th, look for Hey Arnold, season two, part one, Kojak. Season 3, My Living Doll, Volume 1, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, Season 3, and That 70s Show, Season 1, on Blu-ray. March 27th, Cat Dog, Season 1, Part 2, and also Eureka, Season 4.5, and South Park, Season 15. That is it for TV on DVD coming your way in March. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what is coming your way as far as movies on DVD? We've got it next. Movies coming your way on DVD in March. Well, it looks like March 6th you can catch Footloose, Immortals, Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler. March 13th, Happy Feet 2 with Elijah Wood and Melancholia with uh, Kirsten Dunst. And also My Weekend with Marilyn with Michelle Williams and The Three Musketeers. March 20th, Well, Carnage with Kate Winslet comes your way along with a girl with a dragon tattoo. And The Muppets with Jason Siegel, The Sitter with Jonah Hill, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy with Gary Oldman, and Hop with Russell Brand. March 27th, Chipwreck, Alvin and the Chipmunks is going to be coming your way. And uh, in March, you can also get The Descendants, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, and The Adventures of Tintin. And that's all coming your way in March. So... That is it for Movies on DVD coming your way in March. And right now, we're going to be going into our interview with none other than Julie Adams. Now, Julie has been in an incredible amount of movies and TV shows. Uh, one that I particularly love, of course, is The Creature from the Black Lagoon, the 50s classic sci-fi film. And she was the, uh, the love interest or the uh, tormented person for The Creature, The Gill Man. And it's just a great story. If you ever get a chance, check that movie out because it is a classic. And Julie has also been in all kinds of TV shows, worked with all kinds of people. She was in Tickle Me with Elvis. And it just goes on and on and on. She's even been on Lost and all kinds of other shows. So we're going to be talking with her next. And she's got a book out. She's going to talk about that. The Lucky Southern Star Reflections from the Black Lagoon. It's all next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is an actress whose career has spanned from the Dalton Gang in 1949 to Lost and CSI New York most recently. She is widely known for her role in the classic sci-fi thriller The Creature from the Black Lagoon. 
She worked and co-starred with everyone from Elvis to Jimmy Stewart, and she has a new book out that tells her story, which she co-wrote with her son, Mitch Denton, called The Lucky Southern Star Reflections from the Black Lagoon. It's Julie Adams and her son and co-writer, Mitch Denton. Julie and Mitch, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, thank you so much. Great to be here, Brian. You know, Julie and Mitch, I just love this book. It is, for one thing, when I first got it, I looked at it, and the cover itself is, is you know, worth the price. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And I love being a person who loves movie posters. When I opened it up on the inside cover and saw all the pictures of posters from the classic films you were in, I just loved it. And, and the book itself is, is fantastic. Well, I'm, we're so delighted that you that you enjoyed it. <laughs> that's that's a great uh, plus for us because that's what we wanted. We wanted people to have fun reading this book. Yeah, and you really put a lot of pictures inside the book itself. Were those pictures that were personal pictures that you you owned yourself that aren't you know normally available? Yes, well, they're they're from my collection of things from over the years. I don't know if they are available otherwise. Right, yeah. And many, many were, you know, part of her collection that were uh, in cupboards all over the house that had been given <laughs> to her uh, by various uh, fans, uh, publicity departments. And um, they are many. I, I'm sure that probably the pictures from Night Gallery have never been seen by many fans. Uh, I'm certain the pictures from the last movie that Dennis Hopper gave her were probably never seen and before as well. So I would say a great many have never been published, and uh, they literally were just kind of uh, sitting on mothballs until we dove into this project, And but people are just loving them because even the lesser-known films seem to have uh, fans that love her performance in the movie, the last movie in particular. Uh, many critics have thought her performance was one of the best in the picture, and... Um, so, yeah, it's been astonishing, and it helps the viewer kind of go along, I'm sorry, the reader go along for the ride, that you actually see the picture and then you hear the story. So it kind of immerses you in the time that the movie was made or the television episode was produced and really takes the reader along for the ride, which I think is one of the appeals of the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Julie, the picture on the front cover is a beautiful picture of you. It's, it's very nice. <laughs> well, thank you. We... Uh... We chose that very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, what made you decide to write the book? There was a screening when they um, were doing Creatures. There was Six Bridges Across, uh -huh. actually, um, that she starred in with Tony Curtis and Sal Minio. There was a screening at the Egyptian Theater, and um, we basically met a fan in the lobby who had a Creature from the Black Lagoon poster, after Julie signed the poster, he requested a memoir, and we didn't have one at the time, but it was a spark of inspiration, shall we say, to kind of try and get her remarkable story on paper. Mm. Yeah. So a, a fan sort of uh, um, ignited the flame. <laughs> and it is. The book is written primarily for the fans. Um, I know that Mom feels that the fans are part of whatever success she's had, and because if people didn't love her work and the movie she worked in, um, certainly there wouldn't be a market for this book, and she wouldn't have, you know, attained the status that she has as a screen icon to this day. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure, geez. Now, as far as, um, I know it's all in the book, and people can uh, can get the book and read it, but can you give us a, just a rough idea of how you started in the business? What made you decide to become an actress? <laughs> well, it was um, some crazy idea I had. Uh, from when I was a kid. I loved movies, and I went to see uh, movies all the time in Blytheville, Arkansas. <laughs> and um, I just had this dream mm -hmm. of being in the movies, of being an actress. Yeah. And um, I, it was sort of a nutty idea, really, in a way, you know, far away from everything in Arkansas. But when I was in high school, I was in the plays, uh, and then I went to junior college, and I also was in theater there, and I, I didn't know whether I wanted to go to New York, or I was, I was really thinking of going to New York, and I had a scholarship to a summer theater uh, in the East uh, from, from my college, and I was, thought I was going there the, the next, uh, in the next season, and then they were filled up that season, and I had to wait a year, and I thought, I don't want to stay in Arkansas another year, and... <laughs> 
And my uh, my father's first wife, <laughs> who had always loved him, she was she took and she lived in Long Beach, and she was interested um, in me, and and she um, she outfitted uh, girls for bathing suit contests and so on. So she had kind of a uh, a contact with a talent scout or two, mm-hmm. and she asked me if I wanted to come out, and she would get me in to see a talent scout. So I said. Sure. And so out I came to California, and uh, she, we went to, I think it was um, Warner Brothers. And he was very nice, uh, talked to me and said, um, well, first you, you should lose your southern accent. You should go to a coast. And I said, what accent? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but he gave me the name of Florence Enright, and I went to see her. And she was a wonderful, wonderful teacher. She had... She worked with all the um, young people at Samuel Goldwyn Studios, and so I I started to work with her. I worked three days a week as a secretary, and I went to her once a week, and uh, she got me ready to work. Wow. Worked on my voice. So it's really a very pedestrian way, you know, uh, uh, as most things do. You know, it's by effort. When you at that time period before you became an actress and you were heading out, were there any people who were up on the silver screen that you admired in particularly? Oh yes, oh yes. I well, I I admired Irene Dunn so much. I admired um, James Stewart, who later I got to go and I got to work with. Right. Yeah. And um, um, I loved all the movie stars, really. Yeah. Uh, could you have but, ever imagined? I see Irene Dunn because she was so such a wonderful actress. Yeah. Could you ever have imagined that that you would someday work with Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I, I, uh, I, I, of course, was thrilled when it happened. Uh, I'm sure. And I and I came up. I worked with. Uh, I worked in the six day westerns first, of course, and um, uh, but then when I. Uh, got a contract at Universal and then uh, Bend of the River came up and it was with James Stewart I I couldn't believe it really it was um, I I can remember um, working with him the first day or so and it was a scene in the cupboard I was in the back of a cupboard wagon and he was standing there talk, talking with me and I remember so so clearly when they they did his close up first and I'm acting with him, but I'm thinking, how does he do that? He isn't doing anything, mm. and yet everything is there. And I thought, that is that is what I want to be. <laughs> yeah. Was he a very personal person? James Stewart? Yeah. Oh, a wonderful man. Charming and funny. And uh, yeah. um, it, it just was, he made me very at ease with him, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. A now, delightful man. Yeah. Very good man, yeah. you know, very kind and and uh, and generous. Yeah. In Bend in the River, uh, you also co-starred with Rock Hudson. Also, um, oh yes. Wh- what was well, he Rock like? Well, kind of because we were both under contract at, at Universal, mm-hmm. and um, and then later we worked in a movie together, um, The Lawless Breed. Yep. So uh, where he played kind of an outlaw, and I was kind of a dance hall girl, and we were together, and we had. And Raoul Walsh directed it, and um, so I, we had great fun working on that movie together. Yeah, I, I loved working with Rock. He was, as I say, he was a great friend. Yeah. What about now? You also appeared in uh, Man from the Alamo with Glenn Ford. I mean, you, you've worked with these humongous stars. <laughs> Glenn Ford was a he was a wonderful actor. He was a very um, I never got to know Glenn Ford that well. He was he. Um, I don't know. I think he was a somewhat. Um, um, I don't. He I, I, was just a, a rather distant person. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed yeah. working with him as an actor very much, indeed. Yeah. Now, being in all these westerns that you were in, did you actually know how to ride a horse and and ride in a wagon or anything like that, or did you just sort of say, "Oh, of course I can do that"? <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime anybody asked me, could I do something, I said, "Of course I can." <laughs> <laughs> and then I, then I went out and I took some riding lessons out at a uh, one of the one of the places in the valley where you know you can go and rent a horse and yeah. so on, and uh, 
so I, I did that, and then, then later uh, I went out with a, with a real Wrangler and rode so that uh, on the back lot at Universal mm-hmm. once I was under contract. And then I, I rode every day for like three weeks or so, and um, he, was, he was great. He taught me to do uh, running dismounts and, wow. and things, all sorts of things. And um, I really learned to ride from this from a wonderful fellow, a wrangler, you know, that mm-hmm. became my friend. Yeah. Now, and uh, so I enjoyed it. I, I'd always loved horses from the time I was a kid. So it was a great treat for me to, uh, <laughs> to, to become pretty good at riding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With the studio system back then, did they give you a lot of opportunity to learn how to do other things as opposed to what you, you may have known, you know, as far as, like you say, riding? Is, is that something that they set up for you? Yes, yes, they did, because uh, for the contract players, they had, you could go and have riding lessons. You could also have singing lessons, which I went and, <laughs> went and did, although I was never much of a singer, but, but it improved my voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did that, and... Um, and they also had acting classes with Sophie Rosenstein, whom I was very fond of because she helped me uh, really when I, when I went to do the screen test first for Universal. She, they were really testing a football player named Leon Hart. But, and I was, but she called me in to assist in the test, and then she turned the camera around on me, which they don't usually do for an assistant. So she really helped me get my contract wow. from that that they um, called me in to read for Bright Victory, which was the first picture that I did there. So, uh, and that, that led to the contract. So I liked her very much, but I, but I always stuck to my first coach, Florence Enright, because um, she was the one who, who really, uh, that I was very close to. Yeah. How did you feel when they told you that they wanted to put you under contract? I was thrilled. I'm sure. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. I mean, for, for me, who had uh, gone, you know, just in, in quickie westerns and never knew what other job I might get and so on, and all of a sudden I had a home base yeah. uh, where I could go. And if I needed a dress to go somewhere, you know, for a premiere, I, I knew everybody in wardrobe and everybody in makeup. Bud Westmore became a great friend of mine. And um, so it was. Uh, it, I suddenly had a home base. Mm-hmm. Uh, where before I was uh, basically on my own. Right. Yeah. It was. Um, I loved it. I loved it. And and uh, you'd finish one picture, and then you'd say, "Well, what's my next assignment?" Mm-hmm. And hey, I didn't have to go and audition and all of that stuff. So it was. Um, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there were pluses to it. I'm sure there were minuses to it too. But uh, I'm, I'm sure it, it well, was. Well, there's minuses to everything. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're going to get into the creatures from the Black Lagoon because I know a lot of people are interested in that. But um, another big movie that you were in with a, 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 a guy who was fairly popular, a guy named Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> How was it when you... Now, was that a contract job that they put you into it, or is that something you had to audition to to, to work no, on an Elvis film? No, I think that was after the contract ended, I believe. Because okay. Uh, that was uh, at a different. That was at Paramount, I believe. Okay. And yeah. um, so, no, I, I uh, auditioned for it. I went out to read for it, and um, I was rather surprised when I got the job. And uh, but uh, I loved working with Elvis. He was. Um, I'm from the South, as you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Elvis was uh, a young Southern gentleman. That's what he really was. He was very courteous. Very charming, and uh, uh, I really liked him as a person. Yeah, and so uh, it was very easy uh, to work with him for me. Yeah. Were you a fan of Elvis before you went to make the movie? Not particularly. I didn't really. <clears throat> I don't think I'd ever really seen an Elvis Presley movie until then. Mm-hmm. And then I then I went to see one. But I've I've always been a fan of his ever since. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the other question I have to ask, I'm sure you're asked this one many, many times, but <laughs> but what was it like kissing Elvis Presley? <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> and I have been asked that question. I'm sure you have. <laughs> yes, it was just fine. Thank you. 
Um, now, you also worked with um, Tyrone Power, right, in uh, Mississippi Gambler. Yes. Can yes, you tell indeed. us a little about that? Well, it was it was uh, heaven. He was such a um, a charming man, and uh, um, just and such a wonderful actor. So uh, we got along beautifully, just beautifully, and uh, we had uh, a rehearsal before the picture, which I always think is such a great idea, and, and so rarely happens. So that um, and. And he really liked my character. I was like the second lead in the picture. Piper Laurie was really the lady who got him at the end of the picture. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> but um, um, I was playing this uh, a southern uh, lady, and, and uh, I could use my southern accent, which was nice, which I worked so hard to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, I really enjoyed working with him enormously. He was a, a, a lovely, lovely man. And... Mm -hmm. uh, in every way. Yeah. Now, what about uh, the last movie with Dennis Hopper? How was how was it working with him? <laughs> well, Dennis was. Um, it was very interesting. Uh, the first day uh, I was on the set, uh, I was watching, and uh, everybody seemed to be just kind of ad libbing and so on. And uh, I thought, well, that's okay. I can make up things as I go along, too. <laughs> no problem. And uh, so I had a very good time working on the picture. And I think it's one of my better pieces of work, really. Mm -hmm. I, I, I liked the picture once I saw it. Um, and um, I liked him. I liked him as, a, uh, just as an actor and as a, a fellow. And um, I had a good time working on the picture. Yeah, He, <laughs> seemed, he seemed a little um, free spirit, I would say. <laughs> Yes, free spirit, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> now, My character was some sort of a wild character, so um, I, I just, you know, said, hey, I can, I can play this way, too. I can, you know, we, we're just make, making believe in another way. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. We call her the somewhat wicked Mrs. Anderson in the book. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little different than... Lawrence and Creature from the Black right, Yes. <laughs> now, when, when you've played so many different parts, do you prefer to play the nice character, the nice role, or the little, maybe a little more evil role or something like that? <laughs> something a little more spice to it. <laughs> well, I'm a person who just likes to work, you know? <laughs> So I like to do them all, but I think it's uh, it's more fun to play someone who is uh, uh, off the edge a little bit. I mean, out out of the quote, uh, just normal straight leading lady. It's 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 more fun to play somebody yeah. who is uh, tilted one way or another. Mm -hmm. uh, it's fun. Yeah, murder she wrote. You you played. Uh, a couple of uh, episodes of that actually what 10 episodes i believe it was yeah, uh, yes a goodly number of them and i i was i loved it i loved working with angela of course and that was a great character i always said uh, eve simpson was a terrific character she liked money and she liked men and so, <laughs> <laughs> so she was a lot of fun to play mm-hmm now, your career has never really stopped. I mean, a lot of actresses, they, you know, they'll go on for a while and maybe stop, and then, you know, that's that's it. And then, uh, but yours has continued. I mean, you've continued uh, on Loss and Melrose Place and Murder, She Wrote, and Diagnosis Murder and uh, CSI New York, and it's just incredible. How do, how do you maintain continually acting? Well, I'm... I'm it's good fortune most of the time. I mean, I consider that I'm very lucky. And also, what I, what I've done, what I did also was, um, in between, I went out and did theater, ah, in, yeah. uh, in regional theater. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of plays. I did uh, the Prime of Mischief Brody in like three different cities. Wow. Uh, guesting with the, with the company. Yeah. And uh, and then I did. In a small theater here, I did Long Day's Journey into Night, mm -hmm. which was uh, a massive work and uh, that I loved doing because when I was a kid uh, in Blyville, Arkansas, and I was interested in the theater, I, I went to the library and I got all the 
all the plays by Eugene O'Neill. I read them all. And the librarian said, your parents know what you're reading? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, um, I love theater as much as I love working in films. Yeah. Now, I want to get into one of the roles that, uh, of course, many people remember you by. And I know in the book uh, you mentioned something about every time you think it goes away, it starts coming up in the rearview mirror again or something like that. (laughs) The Creature from the Black Lagoon. That film was uh, made in the 50s. And it, it, like you say, it's never gone away. Uh, it, it's just one of those classic sci-fi pictures. Um, did you feel when you were making it that it would last so long? Never, never. I mean, when, I, when they assigned me that movie, and I looked at it, and I thought, the creature from the what? <laughs> and then I thought, oh, well, what the hey? It might be fun. <laughs> And it was. We had fun making it. We yeah. really did. Um, and I enjoyed it. I never thought that. I never thought I'd be talking with someone like you about this movie all these years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anybody told me that, I would have said, "Are you out of your mind?" <laughs> <laughs> of all the movies that have been made and all the ones that you've been in, this is one that keeps coming back. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Always. Yeah. Creature. <laughs> and that. White bathing suit. (laughs) Right, yeah. Now, talk about the white bathing suit. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any of those left? Did you ever get a chance to keep anything? Long since gone the way of all latex, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But and it's the only time I ever had a custom-made bathing suit in my life. That's for sure. Yeah. They made several of them, of course. They made some for the double who, who uh, who did the underwater swimming in um, in Florida. On the you know the the uh, the, the other the other unit there. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Ginger Stanley, right? Ginger Stanley, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> but uh, no, I never I never even asked for it when the, the movie was over. I never even asked to keep it or anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was going to become such a thing right. <laughs> of, of interest <laughs> to so many people. <laughs> yeah. Now the the creature in the film, um, I imagine he, he wasn't. Uh, uh, seeing outside that that costume too well is that correct? Oh yes, poor guy he had goggles inside, you know, mm-hmm. attached to his eyes, and yeah, oh gosh, yeah. dear Ben Chapman, you know, walking around in that thing, and and, uh, and no, no, very very difficult to see. Yeah, was when um, he was carrying you in in several scenes, uh, did. How did he ever walk, you know, to to the right? How did he land his mark when when he couldn't see and carrying you? I forget how they did it. I was, I of course was, I had to be unconscious. That's right. You're passed out. So. Uh, I was just hoping he wouldn't fall down. You know, <laughs> he missed his mark with that minor mishap in the cave when he bumped your head off. Oh, that's oh, that's right. That's right. Right. <laughs> yes. He did miss his mark once, as we recall. That's right. In in the cave scene, you know, he was carrying me. Poor guy, he couldn't see and and. Uh, uh, Bumped my head on one of the, you know, those those paper mache things, but they were still pretty sharp, you know, in the cave. Yeah. In the cave, and, and I and I think I jumped, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now was that Ben or was that Rico? Because I know, you know, they ben. were. That they, was Ben. That was Ben. Okay. Ben was all the one walking on the on the land. Rico did all the swimming. Okay. Someone yelled "cut," and they made quite a publicity stunt oh, yes. out of it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We have a, a, a small picture of it, a little tableau of Ben kind of leaning her over her. Very solicitously. Wondering if she's okay. Right, yeah. the enduring behind-the-scenes moment right. of the movie that people uh, remember to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they called down the medical people from Universal. Yeah, the nurse they, they, they taking they care of her. And yeah. it, was, it was quite checking, a to-do. Uh, checking 19... my, the, the place on my far right. <laughs> um, interestingly, I believe the film shot a little bit later in the year than they anticipated because of a couple... Uh, when they were redesigning the creature, it was originally more of an eel suit. When it became the uh, creature suit, it took them a few more weeks to get that going. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit colder than they were hoping they were shooting it. <laughs> and I think it was October and November. And I believe when they bumped your head, it was on a chilly autumn morning, mm-hmm. and the tank wasn't heated. They forgot to heat the tank. There's really uh, there's a great story in the book about <laughs> that incident, and almost every detail of Creature from the Black Lagoon <laughs> is chronicled from Mom's perspective. I think so. 
the diehard fans will not be disappointed, uh, certainly in Chapter 4. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, well, great pictures and great stories of every aspect of the production, from prep all the way to its astonishing afterlife. Yeah. Creature gets its full, full treatment. <laughs> right. He gets his full curtain call and, uh, and a bow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was surprised. I didn't know that they had the eel suit at one time and then change to the creature suit. Uh, I think if, with the picture that you have in the, the book, I think it's a good idea because the eel suit just didn't make it, you know. It just they didn't, were right. didn't they have were that right. same yeah. punch. No. I, was, uh, I went up and, and watched when they tested it, you know, that day, and it, it didn't look just right, so I was not surprised. And then they, uh, we were supposed to start shooting right away, and then after they saw that test, they closed it down and postponed the start so that they could remake the creature suit. Yeah, the yeah. way that it is now. Yeah, because it looked like it looked like a man in a spandex suit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, as opposed like, to what it is now. Like look, no. <laughs> yeah. Now, was everybody close while you were making that film? Was it a close cast? Richard oh, yes. Carlson. Oh and... yes. Oh yeah. We were all. Um, we were all buddies. We were all in it together, and and it was a very. Um, uh, happy shoot, really. Yeah. Uh, I liked all the actors, and and of course, uh, I love Ben, and 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 I was very fond of Riku too, you know. So it was um, it was a very happy shoot. Jack Arnold did a great job of directing it. I think that's one of the reasons that it uh, has survived all these years. Yeah. Now the swimming part, the the choreography that you did in the water, uh, were you actually doing the swimming in there? Um, let's see. Was I doing the I wasn't doing the underwater scenes. That was Ginger Stanley. Yeah. But I did all the above the water the above the, That must have been very difficult for him to see in the suit to do that. Right. Oh, yes. Those oh, scenes. Yes. No, was, uh, believe me, it, it was, that was hard. Sure. I'm sure. Jeez. Rico is truly astonishing if you watch that right. scene. I mean, he literally... I, I, you believe that that is a gill man, that it's not a man in a suit. Mm -hmm. How peaceful mm -hmm. he swims. It, I mean, it's it's astonishing, and that's probably part of the immortality of the film is that scene, which has even been, you know, uh, paid homage to in the opening of Jaws when oh, yeah. the girl gets attacked. I know I've heard tell that Spielberg was influenced somewhat by Creature My from creature. the Black Lagoon. I've always heard that, too. The one shot of uh, the shark coming up at the girl at the beginning is... Literally, just almost the same shot as mm -hmm. uh, when the creature comes up and touches uh, mom's toe, and she jumps <laughs> yep. in the creature. So uh, obviously, that scene has certainly inspired great filmmakers and uh, and captured the imagination of fans all over the world, as we found at the conventions that we attend, uh, you know, all over the country. Yeah. Now, now, there's been rumors for years and years about th that they might be making a remake of The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Have you heard any of those, or is there any truth to that that you know of? Well, I've, I've heard of them just as you have mm -hmm. for years. Uh huh. And, and I think, in a way, they were wise not to, mm -hmm. because I think um, it, it's, it's become sort of an iconic film. So to remake it, um, I think... I think they finally decided it would be a mistake. Yeah. We'll see. You never know. I've, we heard, yeah. we keep hearing rumors. There was one rumor that Gary Ross was going to... Oh, that's right. He was maybe going to get involved with it because his uh, genius father, Arthur, was Arthur Ross was one of the writers on the original, along with Harry Essex, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, so, obviously, Gary's a great filmmaker with Seabiscuit and Dave and right, yeah. Cousin Bill. And so it would be certainly... If anyone could do it, perhaps he could. But, um, you know, you never... It's hard to lose the charm of that suit, that, yeah. uh, especially the creature suit, which was brilliantly conceived and designed, and, you know, it seems to hold up to this day. For uh, We see legions of special effects, uh, you know, people in their 20s and 30s that have tattoos of a claw on their leg or <laughs> their arm, and like, that movie made them go work for James Cameron or, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, uh, people at um, ILM, we've gone to their studio and and talked to people who just saw that suit and knew they wanted to get into special effects. So 
<laughs> it literally has legions of fans from people who just love movies down to you know special effects gurus that have Oscars on their mantles. So yeah. it's yeah, it, It's so hard for them to to make a remake. I think because very few remakes ever meet up to the standards of the original. I I think anyways because they just don't have that same appeal. I believe you know after they've made them you know like a, the day the earth stood still was redone. And, you know, had a lot of flash and a lot of special effects, but there was something about the original that was just, it was simple, yet it was good. I think so, too. I think they backed away from it because uh, the the original, it, and also it's not dated, really. I mean, there's nothing, right? you know, like the clothes are not all outdated or anything like that. It, it, um, it, stands, it stands very strongly today. Yeah. Yep. And I think they just decided, why remake it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun film. That's that's what it comes down to. If people enjoy it, that's mm -hmm. that's what mm -hmm. counts. Yeah, they still enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, it's become a classic kind of. Mm -hmm. But yeah, never say never. That's right. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> we always have that illusion of mom in the lodge warning someone about the mysterious beast that lurks <laughs> in the shadows of the water, just beyond the mist. Right. New uh, beautiful damsel in distress ventures uh -huh. into the unknown. So yeah, you never know in Hollywood, as we have discovered. That's in our for sure. Careers. Yeah. Now, as far as your career, more recently, you worked on a huge show. How was it being on Lost when you got to work on that show? Well, it was a very interesting script, and uh, and I enjoyed it. I I'm an actress who likes to work. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it very much. Now, uh, did you go to Hawaii for it? A nice or? trip to Hawaii. Wow, that, that's a, that's a be, plus. You know, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they were all uh, wonderful people, and uh, I had an interesting part, so uh, I enjoyed it very much. What about the CSI New York? Oh, very. Um, once again, very interesting. Well, uh, we still see Joe Dante quite often at the conventions, and Joe directed the episode Boo. Oh, he, he did. Okay. You almost play a poltergeist who turns out to be real at the end, and you scare one of the principals. Right. <laughs> so it's almost like an Amityville horror scene, but you get to play kind of a ghost, right? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, I loved it. I mm. loved it. And uh, we see Joe all the time, and Joe probably will be at Monster Palooza again this year in April, <laughs> where where uh, Mom will be signing pictures and greeting fans and. Uh, but it was amazing that he cast her in that, and uh, they still have a friendship to this day, certainly when we see each other. Oh, absolutely, and I loved playing that cuckoo character. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. The other, one more thing here about, about your career, you got the chance to be the co-star on the Jimmy Stewart show back in the 70s. I believe it was 1971. I, I remember reading, it was about 19 or 20 years after Bend of the River, yeah. which I think was, mm -hmm. Ben of the River was in 51 or 52, and I remember reading some headlines, she waited 19 years to work with Jimmy Stewart again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, go ahead and elaborate on that. I know that it was well, they, of yours. Yeah, yes, I, I loved working with Jimmy Stewart, of course, and we, uh, and they, they tested a number of actresses, and I was, I did a test with him. And we did the test, and, um, uh, I, I, as you know, he was—he played as a teacher, and mm -hmm. I played his wife. And uh, we did a test together. And uh, when we finished, he kind of looked at me and gave a little bit of a nod, with his, uh, you know, to me. And I thought, I think I have this job. <laughs> <laughs> and and indeed, I did. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's great. <laughs> Final two questions: When you sit down and just want to kick back and watch TV. What are your favorite TV shows, either now or, or in the past? What, what type of TV shows do you enjoy? What are your favorites? Uh, I usually like the uh, anthology shows. Uh, I don't watch many series. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I do. But um, I don't know that I tune into anything exactly regularly. It's sort of uh, uh, whatever might be on that night or if it catches my eye or... And, of course, I also watch a lot of old movies. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other question. What's your favorite movies of all time? My favorite movie? Uh, oh, let's see. What could it be? I, 
have a lot of favorites, really. Or, or just an example of some of your favorites. It doesn't have to be your Wasn't favorite. Wasn't there one you liked recently, The Artist? Yes, I love The Artist. Oh, that, you've seen that one? That's, that's good? Yes, very, very good. And then very, 1939 very good. was the year you loved, right? With, um, oh, yes. Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind? Yes. <laughs> uh, classics, yeah, those are classics. Yeah, Wizard of Oz was... I guess Wizard of Oz has to stand up as my all-time favorite. I, think I fell in love with it as a child, and I've never gotten over it. Every time it was on, we would watch it That's right. every mm-hmm. year. Because there's no place like home, as Dorothy reminds us. That's right. <laughs> but it is that film. You watch it to this day, and it holds up as if it was made yesterday. It's, it's a wonderful like a masterpiece. Picture. Wonderful picture. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Gone with the Wind. Well, you're is from also... the South, so mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, to you, that was what the South was kind of like. They kind of captured it, right? That's right. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It was wonderful, wonderful pictures. So I guess those are my favorites. And yeah. in television, you kind of like the Andy Griffith show, right? Because you, you were in one, and, yeah, and you yeah. enjoyed that kind of country yeah. charm. And uh, and I liked Andy very much. He was a charming and, guy, just mm-hmm. like he is on the screen. Really? really? Yeah. Yeah. He seems that way. Anyways, I mean, that's the impression you get. Yes, that's that's right. Exactly yeah. true. You would like him very much in person. Well, mm-hmm. you got to work with him twice more. Once in Six Characters in Search of an Author, oh, where yes. he played the mother and father. Uh-huh. And then again in Go Ask Alice, you didn't have a scene together, but he plays a priest right, that helps right. the wayward teen try and uh, break uh, drug addiction uh, right, unsuccessfully right. in the end. But he plays a wonderful character. Yes, and, yes. And I know that you always look back fondly on your Mayberry days uh, or your Mayberry week. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the fans of that show still uh, they they're interested. That, they? Yeah, they're interested in that picture that she signs a great deal of. She has a great picture with Andy. <laughs> and everyone remembers the county nurse when you tried to inoculate Barney Fife, as That's I recall. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, Andy Griffith is very close to our heart. Yeah, yeah. Well, the book is The Lucky Southern Star, Reflections from the Black Lagoon. And, Mitch or Julie, where can people get the book? That's the most important thing. The book, um, right now, it's available exclusively on Mom's website, www.julieadams.biz. And um, literally 90% of our books are sold through that. Um, we do book signings all the time. We've done... Several in Los Angeles, very successful. Um, we're hoping to get out of Los Angeles this year. Uh, looks like we're going to be going to Ohio for the Women in Horror Convention and sign a lot of books. Um, there's also a Julie Adams Beyond the Black Lagoon retrospective that's being created by film historian David Schechter that's going to be at Monster Palooza on April 13th at the Burbank Marriott. So, um, but yes, and, and literally, if you Google Julie Adams, her official website will come up, and that will take you right to the online store where you can pick up the book, and or uh, she offers signed pictures as well with many of the stars that she discussed. www.julieadams.biz will take you right to the book, and I, no one that has read it has not loved it so far, so we feel very confident that if you love movies, you'll love her book. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, we'll and be what, delighted to hear from anyone. <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're going to put a link right on our website so people can turn around and uh, just click on that. and It'll take them right to your website so they can uh, get right to it and get the book. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's fantastic, Brian. I think that it's been astonishing so far. We're really just getting started on it, on the whole um, publicity end of the book and sort of getting people up to speed. And now people are reading it. and. She's gotten feedback, and um, maybe talk, talk about the message of the book. You got a, a lovely letter about a woman whose life had changed, that changed careers and decided to open her own law firm based on you chasing your dream. Do you remember that? <laughs> That's right, yes. Because wow. uh, I, I guess she figured if, if this <laughs> woman who was like 17 or 18 in Arkansas, you know, had this dream and was nutty enough to pursue it and go to California and whatever... Uh, that possibly she could do it too. You know? <laughs> but there's a great message in the book, I think, to follow your dreams. And interesting, I've, I've sold a bunch of books to people I work with. I'm a professional editor that works in television. Mm-hmm. And many of the people I work with have daughters who are maybe, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years old. They've read the book and are just com- very inspired by it as mm-hmm. they you know, chase their own dream of, in Whatever. the arts, yeah, either writing or sculpting or painting or 
acting, whatever it may be, they, they see this woman who really started out in the Depression with very little in terms of money or opportunity and, you know, literally every day worked harder to um, achieve her own dream, and they see, you know, inspiration in that for themselves. That's been, I think, the greatest afterglow so far of the book is that it has inspired others that want to achieve, you know, the heights um, or other aspirations in life that, that mom did. Yeah. yeah. Things that seem impossible are indeed possible to yeah. me. <laughs> well, lucky for us, all of us who love TV and movies, uh, you took that step way back then, and uh, we've got the opportunity to enjoy you on, on the screen all these years. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Julie, Mitch, I want to thank you so much for taking the time and sharing with us. And uh, like I say, the book is uh, The Lucky Southern Star, Reflections from the Black Lagoon. And I wish you luck with that, and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. And thank you. Thanks so much, Brian. And I want to thank Julie Adams and Mitch Denton so much for taking the time to talk to us, a mother-son team, and uh, they wrote the book, The Lucky Southern Star Reflections from the Black Lagoon. Uh, great film, great book, if you get a chance. I just love the book because it's got some uh, neat pictures of posters of movies that she was in like elvis tickle me the hollywood story bright victory and uh, one desire and uh, away all boats and uh, it just goes on and on it's so many different actors she's worked with it's amazing so many tv shows she's been on she's been on lost and she's been you know her career has just kept going and going and going and working with jimmy stewart and everything it's just amazing so if you get a chance check that book out we get a link right here at on screen to be on and you can also go to onscreenandbeyond.com and go to our book nook, okay? Because there we have a review of the book and we've got a place where you can just click and go get it. And uh, you can go to their site and they have it there. And um, it's a, just a fascinating book. So check that out. The Lucky Southern Star Reflections from the Black Lagoon from Julie Adams. And uh, once again, I'd like to thank her once again. So if you have a request that you would like to send to us for somebody who we'd like to have on the show, email it to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. See what we can do about getting that person on for you. And uh, if, you have, uh, if you're on iTunes, you, know, you can turn around and uh, leave us a review there. And uh, there's just all kinds of ways to communicate with us. You can go to Facebook and you can do what you do on Facebook and, and, and uh, we're there. So uh, you can get to us. Uh, just If you're on Facebook, you can get there or you can just go to our onscreenandbeyond.com down at the bottom. You can click on a uh, little link down there that we have to it that will get you right there. So, anyways, that is about it for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. It is a wrap once again. And... I hope you'll join us next week because we have another fascinating guest coming your way. Until then, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Mm-hmm.